What incredible music we've had today. How beautiful it is with these flowers. Yes, thank you. I almost hate to preach. I don't want to mess it up at this point. Well, you know, today is Easter Sunday for Protestants and Catholics, but for the Orthodox Christians, Easter will be next week, which means for the Christians in Ukraine today, which is predominantly Orthodox, today is Palm Sunday. Can you imagine how they're feeling right now? How hard it is for the people in Ukraine. How do you have hope when war is raging in your country? I thought about that a lot this week, and I thought there's something that they understand better than we do right now. Perhaps they identify with the followers of Jesus, how they were feeling, especially when they saw him die on the cross. Luke reminds us that they still felt that way on Easter morning. Let me read a portion of the story with you from Luke 24, beginning at verse 1. On the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb taking the spices that they had prepared. Now, if you stop right there, you have to realize that for most people in Jerusalem, it was an ordinary day, a work day, business as usual. But for the followers of Jesus, it was another day of grief and despair. I think that's why I understand that many of the Ukrainian Christians identify with those early followers, because it was an awful time for the women, for the disciples, for the, those who loved Jesus. The women came, as we read, wanting to, at the very least, claim some sense of dignity surrounding the death and burial of Jesus. Just three days earlier, they had seen Jesus die on the cross, and then they were faced with a hurried decision. Scripture tells us that Jesus died at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, the ninth hour. And the Jewish Sabbath was just a few hours away. Now, here's the dilemma. Jewish law forbids working on the Sabbath. You know the Ten Commandments. Keep the Sabbath holy. So you can't work on the Sabbath. And that's going to begin at sundown on Friday. So maybe they have three hours from his death to make that decision. They decided to go ahead with a burial. They prepared the body. They got the funeral service ready. All that had to be done before the Sabbath because otherwise it's work. But to add indignity to it, there was this borrowed tomb, hasty burial that took place. And you know, in the middle of all of this, nobody is remembering what Jesus said about the third day. If you read the Gospels, it's there. He reminds them again and again, but they don't remember anything at this point. So I guess it's really no surprise that the women came to the tomb carrying the essentials for a proper burial, some spice. They simply wanted to finish the job. They wanted to honor Jesus. They wanted to bring dignity to this heartbreaking loss. But when they got there, all their good intentions took another turn. Luke continues, they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body. Luke reminds us that they fully expected to find the body there. Now remember, they didn't remember what Jesus said about rising on the third day. And maybe we're like them in some aspects. 
is we expect final resting places to be final. If you visit the Taj Mahal, you will find that it is the final resting place of an Indian emperor and his wife. If you go to Lenin's tomb, it does hold the body of the Marxist leader. If you go to Mount Vernon, you will find a burial vault with the interred body of George Washington. We expect those things. But the tomb of Jesus was empty. If you even compare it with other burials, in its stark simplicity, the tomb of Jesus cannot compare to those magnificent shrines found in India and Moscow and Virginia. But folks, the tomb of Jesus excels in the most important aspect. It is empty. He's not there. Luke tells us that while they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothing stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember, here they come, back to this remembrance. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words. Returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven, to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women who then who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to be an idle tale, and they did not believe them. Peter ran up, got up and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves. Then he went home, amazed at what had happened. It was an empty tomb, and that empty tomb changed everything. It still does. Countless lives have been transformed because the tomb was empty. It changed my life, and I would be willing to say that it changed almost, if not all, the lives here today. It still does. Several years ago, there was a homeless drug addict by the name of Rob. Rob was in a dark place, but there was this awakening. He decided he wanted to turn his life around. So he called his sister, and he said, Sis, can you take me to church on Easter? Of course, she said. So on Easter Sunday, Rob, who had formerly lived in the gutter, had been destroying his life, found himself in a church like this. But as he walked in, The cast members for the Easter play were getting into place. They were going to do a dramatic representation of the Easter story. Problem is, one of the men had not shown up. So the casting director grabbed Rob, of all people, and asked him if he would play a part. Now, Rob, who was new to this church experience, was two days to refuse. Guess what they assigned him? One of the thieves that hung on the cross next to Jesus. Rob listened, watched intently as the Easter story unfolded. He didn't move a muscle when they affixed him to the cross. But when the pastor read the words of the thief, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, 
That's when Rob couldn't stay quiet any longer. He suddenly knew that this was his prayer too, and he echoed it from his own cross. Me too, God. God, be merciful to me. I'm a sinner. He stopped the whole play. It wasn't part of the script. It was genuine. That's how Rob felt. And what I love about that story is, in an unexpected way, on that Easter Sunday, Rob found Jesus. He came to Christ. It has been 2,000 years since that resurrection, and people are still finding hope. They're finding that hope through the mercy, the love, and the salvation which Christ offers us. It's what brought us here today. And that good news cannot be withheld. It can withstand every despair, even when some would take it away from us. Let me tell you another story about Ukraine. In the early 1920s, the communist leader, Nikolai Bukharin, came to Kiev to give a lecture. There he was in the Ukrainian capital, and he was to speak at an anti-God rally. That's how they build it. And for an hour, Bukharin abused and ridiculed the Christian faith, and it seems as if the whole belief structure was in ruins. At the end of his lecture, he looked proud of himself and arrogant, puffed up. And he said, are there any questions? And there was an old Orthodox priest sitting in the congregation. He raised his hand and came to the platform. And he turned to the assembled people, thousands there. And he said simply, he is risen. And the whole assembly jumped up and said, he is risen indeed. Everybody there. I would imagine that's going to be happening next Sunday in Ukraine, just as it's happening today here and across the world. There will be Christians, even some who are hiding from a war, who will gather to worship. And once somebody proclaims Christ is risen, they will respond, he is risen indeed. That is that strong, faithful response. And that same loud, life-changing, hopeful affirmation will be declared Everywhere we need it. The world needs it. You and I need to remember something very important this morning. The stone was rolled away not so that Jesus could get out. I mean, he was alive. You can't think of a stone that could hold God back. The stone was rolled away so that we could see the tomb was empty. The stone was rolled away so that we might have hope, so that we could experience that complete forgiveness, to know the final victory. You see, Easter, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, says loudly that death has been defeated. Do you know how hard it was to be here at Easter two years ago when the sanctuary was empty because of this new pandemic? And as we stood in this pulpit and declared he is risen, we could hear the echoes all across the world of those who are with us online, of churches everywhere that have figured out a way to do it. He is risen. And today, what a glorious, glorious coming together we have 
to say it again. And I know you want to say it with me, so let's do it together. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you for that glorious news. That a philosophy, a war, a pandemic, nothing in all of creation can separate us from your great love, which is in Jesus Christ. Not even death itself. The grave could not hold him. The stone could not block him. For your love is evident if we will but open our eyes and remember that you rose that we might have life, abundant eternal life. Thank you for the great gift of Easter that lives in our hearts every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Several years ago, there was a terrible fire at Notre Dame Cathedral in France. About that time, some work began on the Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem. That is the traditional burial place of Jesus. It's been venerated with a shrine. It's been built over. Recently, they excavated the floor of the nave in Notre Dame, and so we're getting ready to erect the spire to replace it. They discovered there a lead coffin. They ran a little camera inside that coffin, and they saw the body of a very special church leader. He was buried probably in the 14th century. The body is still there. They excavated the tomb that was the traditional burial place of Christ. It has been venerated since the first century by early Christians. They got down into it and they ran a camera in there. It was empty. That's the difference. Praise God, it was empty. That Jesus Christ is across the world today in our hearts as we just sang. That is not just something to think about. That is meant to give you hope. No matter where you are, no matter what you are facing, no matter what has happened in the last few years or any time in your life, God loves you and intends for you to have that abundant life. So go now as Easter people. Enjoy and peace and love. Amen.